Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. This is the ContenderCast. This is Justin Hahnemann. We are shining a light on bright ideas. And today we are talking business development. Like my favorite topic, we've covered pieces and parts of this on other podcasts. And today we're talking purely about business development. And my guest is Mo Bunnell. So Mo, it is awesome having you on yeah, the podcast. I'm excited. Yeah, it's great having you. So um, let me tell you a little bit about Mo. Some of you know Mo that are listening. Um, he is the CEO and founder of Bunnell Idea Group. And his background has been purely in this space, not just business development, but even HR back with Hewitt and whatnot. And he started this company, Bunnell Idea Group, 12 years ago. Um, in the services space, just an awesome concept. And I think you you all are really going to enjoy the content today and also the topics that I think you'll be finding uh, very helpful and useful. So Mo, let's start with how did you get this company started? Share a little bit about what you do, and then let's talk about kind of growing the business. Yeah. So we, I'll tell you what we did <laughs> and then how it got started, which was completely by accident. Um, what we do is we help organizations grow. So our focus is finding experts that need to find people to purchase their expertise. So they got one foot in a deep expertise and one foot into finding people to buy it and say yes to, to help. And that is a really unique space. So that that's sort of what we focus on. How we started the business was by accident almost. Um, I had been an actuary at Hewitt Associates. Right, right? of course, all, a number all, of years, right? Yeah, yeah, all business developers start as actuaries, right? That's, that's, <laughs> but you were in like <laughs> compensation, benefits, kind of the HR space, right? Everything, okay, everything. And the, and the sort of the need came out of my own, my own need for the business. Um, I had finished all the actuarial exams, which takes almost a decade. I, at the time, you have to take 24 of these things wow. with a pass rate of about a third. Oh my so gosh. two thirds of the people are failing. After You're, 10 years? After oh my God. that whole time. So say eight or 10 years, whatever it was, you finally finished your last one. And I'd worked it out with Hewitt to move over to a role called managing consultant, which wow. was, we didn't have many of those. I think it was maybe 50 or 60 all around the world. And the managing consultants were the folks that had to lead the biggest and best client relationships we had across all our services. Got it. So here I am. That was you. That was me. <laughs> and I and you imagine the stress. I had gone from being this deep technical expert as an actuary and a healthcare consultant right. and in a day moved offices. And now all of a sudden I represent hundreds of Hewitt offerings to these really big clients that wow. you can't fail. Oh. I went to my boss. Great role. Yeah, it was great, but I was scared. I was I had this fear of failure. Right. And uh, I went to my boss and said, "Hey, where's the manual?" Right. Where's how, some, how do we do, how do, I do this? I've been right. studying for ten years. I'm used to studying stuff. Right. Of course. Yeah. And there is no manual. He sort of slapped me on the back and said, "You know, you Go treat the client and... right." <laughs> nice. I felt nice. like there should be more. Started writing it for myself. Okay. And like white papers and thoughts and sort of the process I started to develop, started to form. And over years, it became a 20 or 30 page white paper. Wow. That was the basis for what, how we train people now. Well, so, you know, I've, talk to a lot of folks on the podcast and we, uh, I interview a lot of folks that have written books, right? And a lot of times when they have written a book, it started with blogging first and then they had enough content where it became a book. Yeah. And for you, it was white papers that over time came, became something that was maybe tangible and saleable. It was. Right? And I was a complete bonehead about it. <laughs> like I, 
I wrote this stuff Mo, for me. I sort of hid it from people. Like I was sort of embarrassed that I was studying this thing I was right. supposed to know. And you needed the manual. Yeah. And I needed the manual and I actually had it for years and I was the only pe person who knew about it. And then one day I'd printed it off at a printer and a guy named Sean saw it. It was late at night, like nine at night. I printed it off to, to prep for a meeting, you know, in a couple sure. days. And he came by my office and said, hey, I saw this on the printer, this white paper thing. This looks sort of cool. Do you, do you mind if I keep it? <laughs> and then the next day, a guy named Tim said, hey, Sean told me about the thing you had. Could you email me that the white document? paper thing? Wow. Yeah. And it sort of grew from there. And I remember thinking, gosh, maybe other people would want this stuff. It's, right. Okay. This is sort of fun. Wow. That is really cool. Well, all right. So the bundle idea group, right? You guys are focused on business development, um, effectiveness training, coaching, consulting, and, and whatnot. And you know that's where you are now. Yep. So how did you go from cool white paper that other people are finding useful and, and want from you to now I'm going to make it into a business and quit my, my day job and go start this thing. Right. Well, right? It, there's a lot of boneheadedness. It was your, ex <laughs> your experience with me. But um, I, Hewitt had changed a decent amount. There was an IPO and the culture just changed. It's still a great place. And it is today, sure. now part of Aon. But it wasn't quite what I had bought into. So I realized at that point I was in our top, I think the way we did pay bands, we didn't have titles, but I was in our top 72 people out of about a little less than 20,000 around the world at that point. And after that, I just felt like I wanted to go off on my own. So our first website, Jesse, you'll get a kick out of this. <laughs> I, can't I think wait. it had like 10 things on it. Like I said, we can do like nonprofit strategy and right. we can do executive coaching and we can do business development training. We can do all these things. And I think if you read it back then, 12 years ago, you probably think this guy's desperate for money. <laughs> he <laughs> can do he'll anything. He'll do anything, which does not make sense. <laughs> Your one shingle had like 10 boxes yeah, on it. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I had a lot, a lot of shingles. So um, anyway, over the course, I think stage one of starting a business is almost doing anything your friends will hire you to do. Because in the beginning, it's your friends that trust you and hire you in business. And I did all that stuff, but it was over a couple years that I got sort of the second phase of a business. And that's like this magic light bulb just goes off one day on a flight home from a client or a drive home. And that's when you realize I was all these broad-based things to many people, mostly folks I knew. And at some point you realize there's one thing. There's and that one there's thing. that one thing. Yeah. And for us, it was business development training, or for me, it was. And that was this magical combination of three things, something I really liked, something that was profitable, and something that the world needed more of. And, wow. and when, Love it, it. when it clicks, right. then you have to make this big leap of faith and go out to the world and say, all this stuff other people have been paying you for, right. you have, now I have to say no to it. You have to narrow the focus. It's the scariest thing in the world to say, people call you and say, hey, the thing we did last year, can right. we do the thing? Right. You're like, I'm not doing the thing anymore. I got this other uh, you person you to someone love. else, right? Yeah, let me introduce you to her. But but I'm just doing this one thing. And that is the scariest year or year and a half transition you'll go through. But that's when the business exploded. Is when wow. we narrowed the focus. Yeah, I see a lot of uh, different entrepreneurs pursuing different um, angles, right? Some of them try to do like you you were doing initially, which is offer a lot of different things, hoping something sticks. Mm -hmm. And then others go with one thing, hoping that one thing sticks. And so what I think is interesting is once you figure out what is working and where you have the passion, where you, you just want this to be your day in and day out job, like that's what became a priority for you. And that's what started selling, right? And growing. Oh, yeah. that's And that's when we took a bunch of money and time and doubled down in all of our product, in our content and our training. That's when I hired 
instructional designer to help me, Deborah. She's unbelievably good and helped really think about the experience people went through. That's when we hired an amazing graphic design studio that took sort of materials I had developed my own that were okay, but we we went 10x on those. Sure. And that was expensive and it took half a year to develop all that or so. But that's when the business went crazy because with that narrowed focus, like you called it, I love those words. That's when we said, we're going to invest sure. in that in narrow that focus. And that's when things really took off. Okay. So, and so when we think about business development, those that are listening probably have different connotations or definitions of business development, right? I mean, um, when I worked for Coca-Cola, business development in one sense was building out capabilities and like solutions and technology platforms and whatnot. But then when I moved into a different role at Coke, actually business development was truly outselling and developing relationships and closing business. So what is business development for you? And then Talk about your framework. Oh, I love it. So business development for us is a sort of a fancy word for selling. <laughs> right. um, it's not merger and acquisition right. and things like that. Um, but I tried for years to redefine the word sales, but it turns out that's hard to do with 4 right. billion people using it. Of course, right. <laughs> so um, what we mean with business development is always thinking about the client or the prospect or the customer in a way that you are being 100% authentic and helpful for them. Okay. You're only going to advise things that are helpful for them. And you're always being proactive about it. So sometimes sales, just the word sales or salesmanship can come up with a negative connotation. Sure. You know, we think or transactional, folks, right? Yeah. You yeah. Know, I want to give you contrary. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And this is the complete opposite. This is about having strate a strategic advisor relationship with people. It's about being proactive. It's about helping them see around corners when they couldn't before. It's about creating demand through your expertise and your relationships. And we, when we find that sort of, so we use that sort of fancier term business development to mean basically selling done the right way. I love that. It's sort of a way to say it. Yeah. Relationship-based selling. Exactly. So there's a lot of different sales programs, training programs out there. There's individuals that, you know, say they are sales coaches, quote unquote, they've got their one shingle. Um, there's organizations, there's big companies that offer sales training. Um, there's, you know, the, the big names out there like Ferrazzi, you know, we were talking about a bunch of these beforehand. Where do you fit in? I, I think I know the answer, but I'll have you share it with our yeah. audience. But talk about where you fit in and where some of those other, uh, I'll call them name brands, almost link in or, or kind of like what you guys do or different. Yeah. So we have a couple differentiators. Um, one is our system is comprehensive. So we've got 17 modules that cover every single last thing around business development. How do you get in the first time with value, not begging? <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, not, hey, did you get my email following up oh on my, my voicemail, following up my email I to see those. if I can schlep you some stuff and right. waste your time? I only need one minute. And a lot of people you know, do that. A lot, a lot, of, people. lot of people listening to this and some of us in this room do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we're going to get in the door using value where somebody wants to bend their schedule to meet with us because we're going to give them something really awesome just to earn the right to meet them. So how do you do how do you get in the door the first time? How do you establish and, and develop an early stage relationship? It's very difficult. How do we create demand using our relationships and likability and our expertise and our big brains? How do we ask for the next step, overcome objections, land a huge contract and add immense value to organizations and then grow from there. Everything in that process is covered in these 17 modules. And that's a big differentiator because there's a lot of training and coaches and wow. things out there, but they're usually a little more isolated for sure. one thing or another. And we're going to give people a platform that they can use for decades to grow from. 
So that's one big differentiator. The other one I'd say is that we use behavioral science. Yes. One of my favorite topics also. So talk about ah, that. Yeah. I know I love the space. So maybe I'll show you the secret database. Oh, later. good. I can't let you take <laughs> Afterwards. it. I'll show you the secret database. <laughs> I can't wait to check but, that out. But we found uh, over 120 great peer-reviewed psychological and behavioral science studies, you know, uni university-driven stuff from all over the world. We filtered through a couple thousand to find the 120 that fit our methodology. And we will find those insights. And then usually the insights don't tell you what to do. So then we have to test process to figure out the type process that uses an insight. And then we can train that to others. Right. And I think that is a big differentiator. So many uh, individuals I've met that are tangential to the space have like, you know, a, an aspect of it. You yeah. Know, they might have some some tools for selling or- Here's what worked for me. Right. Or some I'm a coach or whatnot, but they don't right. offer the full big picture. Exactly. So um, when you think about, you've worked with 300 plus organizations, what, 10,000 plus professionals that have gone through your different programs that you're working with. When you think about the organizations that do business development well, where you've worked mm. with them- and then they've taken the content and been able to apply it and found results. Like, what are the aspects? How would you describe those organizations? Like, what from a culture perspective? Oh, you know, this will sound a little fluffy, but I'll but I'll add some process and science before it. But thing one is to love business development. That you that there's as an individual or a company both. Okay, there is a ton of science that says we will do the things we're intrinsically motivated by well totally. over things we're extrinsically motivated by. So we can say we'll give a big bonus for people who are rainmakers, but that's an extrinsic motivation. I've got to think about my bonus at the end of the year. I've got to assume the organization is going to have a good year. They can pay bonuses. There's all these things in between. But I'll check my Facebook page to see if I got likes on the photo <laughs> I put last night right now. Right. I do that. Intrinsic. I mean, uh, guilty. Me, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but, but loving business development means we can teach people how to love it and then they're more likely to do it sure. because they're focused on being helpful to prospects as opposed to having that icky, more typical salesperson sure. definition of I'm pushing stuff on people. So thing one is they love it. Thing two is we are going to find metrics that we can manage to typically what we call leading indicators or behaviors that we can 100% control. Yep. So are we doing things that we think are going to link to bringing in uh, revenue and being proactive? Those are different client by client. We help okay. them choose that. <laughs> so sorry for the... Uh, sorry. I for love when, you know, fire engines roll by yeah. recording a podcast. Yeah, we promise it's not the FBI coming to get Justin and... Um, Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So the second thing is they have metrics. They have way of managing not just activity or not just the, the say, the lagging indicators of revenue, but they do a really great job of finding ways to motivate people and creating sort of a winning men team mentality sure. around tracking lead indicators. And, and a lot of times those are a bit more subjective. The third thing I'll... Yeah, and please. I, that'd be great. They have a process for all that. Okay. So that's sort of the third big piece. So, if, so how do we manage it? How do we keep training people? How can we make them better? And when you love it, and you track how you're doing and you have a process for doing those things, it can create this sort of we are growing winning team mentality around business development. And we can transform it from this thing I didn't like before that sort of this thing my boss told me I had to do to something I love doing. Right. And then as then this is sort of the snowball rolling downhill. Once that starts, you can gain a lot of momentum. Sure. And I see organizations struggle with business development where they kind of try to make it a one-off thing or yeah. a part-time thing, or if you have time thing versus it being really a part of the culture. Yeah. 
That's exactly it. This we leadership needs to think of this skill development as a multi-year process. Sure. This is not we're going to do a training class in March, right. you know, and we're right. good. Exactly. Check, the box. Check the box. We did it. Yes, exactly. No, no, no. This is a training. Training is great because it can impact a lot of people very quickly. But man, it's going to take off or not take off based on how we reinforce it afterwards. Sure. Love that. Okay. So one other aspect of your program that I am passionate about is understanding yourself inside out. And you use a great tool that I've actually referenced on other parts of our podcast called HBDI, the Herman Brain Dominance Instrument. Talk about the importance of that or an instrument like that as part of business development. Oh, of course. I think what's really interesting about HPDI and and growing up at Hewitt and being in the HR space, I had no joke. I'd probably been through or seen 40, 50 different kinds of assessments. Sure, right. Hogan. Yeah, yeah, everything. Berkman. And when we chose to embed one in our methodology, (laughs) that's a big strategic decision. And we chose the Herman folks because... um, all their support and how applicable the HPDI model is. Here's how it helps folks to finally get to your question. No, that's good. Let's say that you wanted to get in better shape. Well, you can pick up a book that's sort of parallel to training, right? You could right. pick up a book on how to get in better shape and you could do the exercises and try to look at the pictures and see if you're doing a split squat right and the right reps and do I have the right weight and all that. And you could get pretty far just sure. by reading a book. It would help a lot. But If you had the book that was a platform and methodology paired with specific insights about how your body's structured, if you're above or below certain things like strength, agility, power, uh, lung capacity, things like that. Now, when you compare individual insights that's just for you with a platform and a methodology, you got magic, right? Right. That's what the HPDI does embedded in our methodology because it assesses how we think. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just going to tell us, are we more a strategic thinker? Are we more a procedural thinker? Are we more math and logic? Are we more relationship? It, whatever the, the answer is for us in those four areas, we are going to bias, over-bias, or under-bias certain ways of thinking. And then as somebody goes to the training, they know what their over-under-biases are so that they can apply a specific tool like how to properly overcome objections, for example, you would be able to apply that learning and that technique with a little nuance that was just for you. So you've got the platform, the training paired with unique insights of how you would attack it normally. And now you can rise above that and, sure. and modify your own behavior, get yourself out of the way so you can be successful. I love that. And then the other piece of it that I've have found extremely valuable is once you understand yourself in that model is then thinking about your client or the person you're going to meet with or yes. someone you've just met, or, you know, as I walk in, I'm, I'm looking around your office trying to figure out, you know, are you a process guy, right. creative guy, you know, like right. all those types of things that are really important to business development, right? I mean, you're kind right. of recognizing the person and their, their preferences. Exactly. That's actually the first exercise we do <laughs> after people get things. their, uh, yeah. After people get their, um, their profile, um, the first thing we do is teach how do you pick up the thinking style clues of others and how do you adapt the way they want to purchase right. your, your goods or services, um, not the way you would. And we, we find what most people do without that exercise and without the assessment results is they tend to project 
how they would buy onto someone else and be pitching and talking in that language as opposed to shifting to the language they'd like to be communicated in. That that is a game changer. Yeah, I see that often in marketing. So let's say I'm going to meet with a marketing leader. You know, when you hear the word marketing, a lot of times you would think, oh, they're going to be a creative person. Yeah. But there are some very numbers-oriented people in marketing that looking at programmatic ad buying or other things like the shopper insights, consumer insights. Yes. So if I go into a person that is a numbers person and I'm Mr. Creativity and outgoing relationship guy, we may have a mismatch. Oh, yeah. You might leave the meeting think that was great. That was right. And they're leaving it like, if that, that guy was- calls again, I'm not answering <laughs> exactly. the phone. Exactly. exactly. It's I- that big of a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, last but not least, um, talk about where our audience can find you and how do they engage with you and the company? Yeah, happy to. Um, and can I, can I cover one more thing? Oh, first? please go ahead, Mo. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm I gonna, love it. This it, is very yellow of you right well, now. Well, it's so, yeah, exactly. Which is an HBDI <laughs> yeah, color. That's, that's right. That is my number one, by the way. <laughs> I figured. Break the rules. <laughs> I see on the walls here, we got lots of creative stuff going on. Go ahead. That's right. Floor to ceiling, yeah, whiteboard Lots of paint, colorful right? pins around your office. I well, mean, well, I want, I want to say this one thing because it's so important, and it's this. So many people believe the myth that business development skills are innate. You either were born with it or you're oh, not. Great oh, topic. I could never great do topic. this. Jane's really good at people's natural skills. Natural salesperson. Could, yeah, I couldn't do it. She's natural. That could not be further for them from the truth. So let me point out some science for proof. Love it. There's a guy named Anders Ericsson. He's out of Florida State. He's the worldwide expert in how people become experts. How great is that? What? He, he's the wow. expert in how people become experts. Okay. He's been studying it since the 1980s. And he 100% believes by all the studies he's done that expertise is built and found through hard work. It is somebody saying, I'm going to learn that thing and I'm going to become great at that thing. And they have an insatiable desire to do it. Anything complex involves hard work and that you've got to climb a mountain to expertise. And he says, no matter what the discipline, whether you're a player in the NBA, you're a chess master, or say you're a great business developer, no matter what it is, that is a skill that was earned through hard work and what he calls deliberate practice. I love those words. So that I wanted to bring that up to say this, it's because it's maybe the most important thing we could talk about. This idea that business development is you're born with it or you're not, it could not be further from the truth. And in training over 10,000 people, we've seen people who, if you, if you had a normal curve of results, they'd be way over on the left, like they hadn't been able to do it well before. And they can come through the training and they can exit the other side if they've got the passion. And if they try hard, through deliberate practice, which we teach, then they can become great at business development, just like Jane is or whoever else. That is awesome. That is a great point. And I'm really glad we didn't leave that behind. No, I mean, well, and it's true. I think I I hear that all the time. Well, I'm not very good at that. Well, maybe it's not your passion and you haven't invested in it, you know, but when you, when you mix this idea of something you're passionate about or want to be really good at with, you know, spending the time, yeah. and I think you can become really good at, at this topic, especially. I totally agree. All right. So where does our audience find you and how hey. do they, how do they engage with you guys? Man, that's great. So our website is bundleideagroup.com. That's two N's and two L's. So B-U-N-N-E-L-L idea 
group.com. I'll tell you the best way to engage is up with us is sign up for our newsletter. I have signed up myself. I love it. I and love have it. you enjoyed it? <laughs> yes. I like your videos and yeah. it's really cool. So we send out writing and videos every week. And basically it's a whole series of how to get better at business development, either through the writing or the videos are little, little five to six minute little how-to videos. In fact, when somebody signs up, they get a series of eight. That's all of it that will teach you how to create demand for your services. So that's, that's probably the easiest way. On September 18th of this year, our first major book will come out. Oh, awesome. So pre- I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Pre-orders will start in uh, in the summer. That's great. We'll, we'll really have to do another podcast on the book. I would love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you a little, see, we'll go a little deeper. <laughs> That's you, good. We'll, I we'll like give a, little, a few secrets. Um, but yeah, the book covers our whole methodology. So it, I can't you know, believe you don't have one yet. But I guess you've got so much content. That's kind of your book now. It you is. Know what I mean? The training but, classes. Well, yeah. our editor at Hachette, basically, which is one of the big five publishers, she said, it's overdue for you to write a book. <laughs> right. What have you been waiting on? Yeah. I mean, especially so, with your client base. Exactly. So we're real excited about that. So for now, the easiest way to engage, go to the website, sign up for the newsletter. You're going to get tons of free trading. And then later on, the whole the book will be out. Sure. So that's a little bit later this year. All right. So check out bundleideagroup.com and also his program, which I, I love the name, by the way, Grow Big. Yep. I think that's really cool. Yep. But Mo, it's been awesome having you. Justin, I enjoyed it. It's been, been great. I've been looking for this for weeks. So <laughs> it's been great. great. All right, man. For more information on today's topic or to access additional leadership content, tools, and resources, check out contenderbrands.com. Also, you can download other ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store and Google Play Store. And remember, every winner started as a contender.